Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon. I'm the host of the Big Monday Show. My partner and co-host, the great Barry Spears, will be with us right after the first break. Uh, this week we're going to take a quick look back at the LeCompte from the fairgrounds and give our thoughts about uh, about the impact that race may or may not have on the Kentucky Derby. Uh, we also will take a look forward to this weekend's Pegasus card, which is an extremely good card for this time of the year. Uh, the Pegasus races may not have any stars in them this year, but they're very, very good betting races. They're very competitive races, and uh, it's it should be an excellent card, and uh, Barry and I will talk about that. Uh, also, we'll talk a little bit about Oaklawn's Saturday card, which is anchored by the Southwest Stakes, which has a trio of Brad Cox horses coming off big wins. But the headliner might be Mr. Baffert showing up with Arabian Nights. A um, couple other stakes uh, on that card, which looks like a, a nice card as well. But um, this time of the year, this is uh, the derby preps are, are, are king. So we'll talk about all those things and uh, we'll hit on a couple other things. See you back here in about a minute and a half. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, they have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees. Your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the freshman stallion of the year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Hello, Sniper. How are you, sir? Doing all right. How are you? That's the question. You know, I... something. Do we need intro music? Um, do we need it or do we want it? I asked Casey. I said, could we just use like intro music? And he's like, yeah, if you want to get sued. So yeah. that's the other thing. I wouldn't mind being sued. I well, mean, well, it, I mean, they would probably just send us a cease and desist. 
we'll 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 go full disclosure here. Uh, Twitter's back at it again with the with the copyright stuff. The copyright stuff. I got another. I got an email uh, yesterday. I, I don't understand the copyright stuff. If like on Twitter, if you're not trying to sell something or using it as a promotional, I mean, a song is a song is a song. Right. I mean, you know, and and a snippet isn't the song. No, right. Like, I mean, these things are all found on YouTube. Oh yeah, for free. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, Chuck D is my is my Facebook friend, not my Facebook friend, my, my yeah, Twitter he, friend. He 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 knew that we were, you know, we're we're friends, and he was like, yeah. I need to put B Spears on that plane, and then he followed me too. Yeah, even like some of my stuff. He we liked. should ask him. Can we, can we use like fight the power? Anything. Any, I mean, I was the, the biggest Public Enemy fan in 92, in that era, in the early 90s, late 80s. I guess Flavor Flav has kind of fallen out of favor. Yeah, they don't, they don't, yeah, Chuck isn't down with the Flav anymore. Or it's not like, not that he's not down with him, he's just not like they used to be. Like, uh, Listen, as soon as you go on a reality show. Yeah, I was going to say, he's the reality show originator. Yeah. You better make a lot of money on that stupid thing. But anyways, uh, people don't realize how close we are to like not even being able to tape this because I don't really know what the hell I'm doing with. Uh... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Any kind of technology. It's it's a miracle. This gets on every week. Dude, uh, you do a great job. Yeah. But anyways, um our show last week with the great Sid Fernando was very, very well received. Uh, Sid, of course, super. He's uh, as expected. Um, gave a lot of uh, valuable information, explained things so that people could understand about, uh, you know, some of racing's history, some of, uh, you know, the stallion information about why his first year stallions are so hot and, third-year stallions are the opposite um, and, you know, the economics of the breeding game and, and why it's uh, it, the market has changed like it has. And if you missed it, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but uh, <laughs> check out last week's uh, podcast with Sid Fernando. But uh, Yeah, it was like a mini master class in breeding history and horse racing economics all rolled into one. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, Sid's very, very knowledgeable, and he has an ability to, um, you know, to bring things uh, kind of up to speed in that he's not a a snob. You ask him who his favorite horse is, Forgo. Obviously, there are no Forgos these days. That that style of racing is just, it's gone, unfortunately, but. He's not one to just dwell and say, hey, you know, everything was greater back then. Um, but he, he has a great, a really knack of, of being able to explain things, complicated issues well. His, his column for the, D, the TDN is, is always well received, except by people that are on the receiving end of it. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
you know, he's 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 really good. But uh, and and best of all, he's a horse player. He is a horse player. That's right. He'll fire. Yeah, and and he'll be at the uh, the Pegasus with you this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna have a great time. I saw um, first post time is ten fifty. Ten fifty. Yeah, I was I was like, oh my god. It's kind of maybe they did that because they heard about um, you know our thoughts about moving to Hawaii, so the race day would start earlier for us. So there you go. Maybe they 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 listen. They do listen. Morning racing. Nothing like kicking off the big card. Is it? Is it? Uh, what's it called? Indiana Grand do something like that in the summertime, right? Yeah, they 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 run like quarter horses. My dad bets on them. <laughs> <laughs> you know the only the only quarter horse track I'm comfortable playing is Los Al, and that's. And I know you know they'd love to hear this, but it's only because of TVG. It's the only the only reason I got into playing those races. And I do uh, well, actually, in uh, surprisingly well. I will be very honest. I have not played a quarter horse race since Hialeah. Since, uh, since Pete was calling the race. No, actually, when when I went to Hialeah, when when they had the quarter horse races, the gate kept breaking, and, and they didn't really. Have Isn't that like Christmas? <laughs> yeah, like the day. Oh, it was the day before Christmas. Christmas Eve. They were going to handle like some huge number, and uh, I remember that twice. Remember there was that. two gates, and both of them broke. I remember I was calling the races. I made a bet. I made a bet, and and I was like, "What's going on over there?" And then I was like, "They still haven't run the race yet." And then they canceled. It was it was a debacle, and 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 there was only like two tracks running them. It was like them and and, wasn't it uh, uh, Commandante? Yeah, it was in Puerto Rico, and that was it. Like they were, they had the whole schedule for themselves, and uh, Pete would call the races from the Pope Mobile (laughs) because they couldn't go up on the roof because I guess. I guess uh, was a little condemned, but just a tad. But um, yeah, that was uh, no. Honestly, the last time I played a quarter horse race was. I, I admit that I didn't try to handicap him. I used to just bet whatever Les Onaka liked when he was working Dude. on TVG, and you you probably won a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, that guy was as Money. good of an analyst the as ATM ever has been. Yeah, I I, I have anybody and, better. I have not I mean, anybody better as far as picking winners, flat out winning horses. I don't think there's anybody better. He knew the horses there like the back of his hand. I mean, it was uh, he he was tremendous. And unfortunately, he had some health issues and doesn't uh, doesn't do it anymore. So when, but um, I went to Los Alamitos once. I, I actually went there. I was leaving Arizona. Oh, I was in yeah. Tucson. This is how long ago this was. I was still in college, and uh, I, because uh, you know you, you can't really fly anywhere direct from Tucson, so <laughs> I went to um, L.A. It was my my stop, and uh, Bobby Newman came and picked me up. The man, <laughs> and we went to Los Al for a couple hours, and then he dropped me back off at LAX. And, off I went but yeah it was you know it was one of those things like you you want to you want to try to hit a track like you know whenever you get to a, an area that you had oh yeah to, at the very least drive by it and see it you know did uh you ever go to Fairplex by any chance I never went to Fairplex no no me neither 
Yeah, I, honestly, full disclosure, I haven't been to a racetrack on the West Coast. I, I, I've been to Santa Anita. Uh, I was at Santa Anita in the late 80s. Um, uh, I went to Hollywood Park. That's where, when I had to keep Rodney from beating up Kent Sorrell. And actually, as it turns out, I should have just let him. You should have let him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Next <I'm> time. <laughs> Del Mar. I, I ran at Del Mar. Pat Valenzuela gave up the rail. I blew the, the the what's the stupid sprint they have there? Not the Pat O'Brien, the other one. <laughs> I, I can't remember the race. Oh, I tried to put that memory out. Of Greg's Gold beat me up the rail. That was brutal. Greg's Gold. Gotcha. That was, that was brutal. Um, yeah. So I, Delmar was nice. It was really nice. The backside was horrendous, but. It was it was cramped, Um, but the front side was great. I mean, it was it was super. It was nice, and the weather was perfect. And uh, I I can see why people love that track. I mean, to just hang out there, it's it's awesome. But uh, yeah, I never went to any of the Northern Cal tracks, so I never went to Golden Gate or Bay Meadows. Bay Meadows, man. But um. Yeah, I've never been to the Northwest, like or uh, to Jim. Uh, oh, the Emerald and Long Acres, or yeah, no, well, Portland Meadows doesn't exist anymore. But... Mm. No, Lebois Park from oh yeah Idaho. Yeah, never. Didn't they used to have never, a map. Never out there. Didn't they used to have a map like a DRF had a map with all the tracks? Yeah, no. they did. They did. <laughs> You gotta update that, huh? Unfortunately, gotta use less racer. Less. Unfortunately, oh, but I've been to tracks. Let's see, and I, I ran. I want a stake at Sam Houston. Um, nice. They give us really nice trophies. I remember we won this race, and I, I think it was fifty or sixty thousand. And the trophy was so big, they gave me they gave me a hard time getting it on the plane. Everything's bigger in Texas, right? It was it was a big ass trophy for a little, you know, for a, for not a, a big time race. Um, Lone Star, I never ran the Lone Star, but I was I, I was there when I went to Dallas. <laughs> um, I never went to any of the Louisiana tracks other than the fairgrounds. Nope, never been there either. Yeah, it's uh. I mean, it's it's a small grandstand, and I mean, it's all right. Um, I mean, it's all right. <laughs> I guess that's the only way I can say. All right, it. yeah, good job, good work. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because someone was saying the turf course there, you know, which I mean, it is kind of a debacle. It's literally racing on the outside rail, um, but uh. It was never good. Like I was there a couple years, two thousand six, two thousand seven, and when it would rain, they didn't want to take the races off the turf, uh, so they would put this. It was like cat litter, and they'd sprinkle <laughs> it on the turf course to try to dry it up, but the stuff wouldn't like just go away. So it, it, horses would get pelted with it. Um, you know, for 
the foreseeable future. <laughs> it wasn't like the stuff just like deteriorated and was gone the next day. I mean, it it, it stayed oh, there. So rocks, it, right? They were yeah. like little rocks, yeah. Um, a lot of good food. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> Didn't yeah. lose any weight. Neil Pesson showed me all the all the lunch spots. I see uh, Joe Christofek with his uh, his foodie picks. There's there's a lot. I mean, New Orleans. There's so many places you can't possibly go to them all, and and a lot of them are, are like not the touristy ones that uh, the hole in the wall. Yeah, the one the the ones you're a little bit nervous about going in. <laughs> But um, the beignets, man. Yeah. Ugh, bro. I'd be there twice a day. Yeah, it's 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 you get fat there. Yeah, easily. I'm already fat, and I'm here. So. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't even have good pizza. So yeah, that just tells you. No, this is true. Speaking of New Orleans, um. Oh yeah, the big day, the big day, or the first big day. So what? What do you, did you think of the Lecomte? Yeah, nothing to get excited about. I think I said the same thing last year when Epicenter got beat last year. Got beat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody really stood out. The race was really, really formful. And you know, and nobody blew me away. I don't. I don't know. You know, it's hard to get a good idea of what those horses are going to do going forward. So I'm kind of neutral at this point. I'm not high, not too low. Instant coffee did the job. It wasn't anything to write home about. I thought. I thought instant coffee ran well. Yeah. I mean. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not the easiest trip at the fairgrounds. The the, loop, the seven hole, kind of the looping trip. Mm. Um, it wasn't a good field. I mean, let's call it what it is. It, it was. Yeah, it was like a three horse. They, they, they were they were pretty slow going in. Um, you know, the question mark was uh, the, the the outside horse, Larry Riley's horse, who had run some decent numbers, but uh, on my write up for the, the going in circles digest, I noted that. The three numbers he got were good numbers. Well, one was a sprint. One was in a race where he chased fast horses, the, the top of the division, uh, Loggins and Forte in the uh, the race at Keeneland. Uh, and sometimes a horse might get a number a little bit better than it, it normally would because the the top figure horses in the race are running best <clears throat> figures. So, um, and then there's, there's, there's his other big fig was in the mud so that was my question for him and uh he he, he raced okay but I, I don't see that horse as a serious derby horse and no i i tried to to hit the exact in the contest the uh oh yeah the profits contest there and I, I kept having trouble like my my phone has been having trouble and actually it cost me a winner at the metal yesterday which pissed <clears throat> me off oh yeah that's right <laughs> I don't know. I think I think like Verizon or has has like sent the signal like they know right, phone starts screwing up, so he has to go get a new one. But um, I wound up 
taking on because it's a hundred dollars. You have to bet a hundred dollars, and you can only use one bet. Um, and I put a couple in, and then I was like, no, I don't want to bet those. And I just bet a hundred dollar exacto straight instant coffee over uh, Keith the Sormo Source. <sighs> but for some inexplicable reason, Jimmy Graham decided that being three or four wide throughout. Yeah, it's the place to be. I, I don't understand why he did that at all, because you had the three horse that was the um, the, 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 the OXO horse coming out of the Turfway race. Uh-huh. Uh, but he's by mastery. I mean, you can just throw all horses by mastery out <laughs> in state races. <laughs> it's the truth. I mean, the horse is just not going to mass. I saw someone the other day touting the horse. I'm thinking to myself, He's had 189 horses make the races. He has one stake winner. One. And and not like and that horse happens to be a greatest stake winner, but he's not even winning like you know, the John Lafitte at uh <laughs> Delta or you know, it's not he's not even winning like little BS stakes somewhere. The horse just isn't producing top flight horses. It's okay. It's okay, but that's why I just threw him out. I mean, that's a big enough sample size for me to say that things are not going well for that stallion. Yeah. (laughs) They just turned four, and there's zero stake success. And he was stretching out, too, and his numbers weren't just fair. Um, I guess uh, the horse who was... I don't want to say a disappointment... I mean, I guess he was a disappointment based upon his odds, but um, Echo again. Yeah. Who, who had backed up both of his two-turn races. Yeah, that was... And, you know, this race didn't figure... There, there was enough pace, like horses who were going to at least chase the pace where it wasn't like he was going to go get the half in 49 and, and just kind of cruise home. and Post, yeah. He, he just... Uh, I guess something amiss with him behind and uh, Tyler Gaffion got him pulled up and supposedly walked off the track. So um, hopefully, you know, things are, are all right. And I'd expect he would be turning back to sprints, but um, it wasn't a great race. I mean, it, it just wasn't a great race. And uh, like I guess I thought instant coffee ran well. I mean, he, he, he did what he was, like you said, he did what he was supposed to do. Um, and he, he didn't, you know, he, it wasn't, um, it wasn't as though he was, was, was extend, not extended, but I think that's something that he can, he can build upon. Yeah, definitely. I I just hope he races him a lot. I I just don't think he's the type of horse that you, you run one more time and then try to win, you know, try to get him in the derby because, and I think that's one of the issues that, I mean, Brad Cox might face um, hmm. this this spring is that he just has so many horses. Um, you know, he has so many of these type of three-year-olds that you're going to have to run them against each other a couple times. There's no way around it. Um, and, you know, it's a little disturbing when... In the third future book poll, uh, that one trainer has 
10 of the of the 38 horses listed. <laughs> and it's not Baffert. <laughs> Though I guess to be fair, maybe one or two of his wouldn't have been listed had Baffert been allowed to be listed. But, uh, you know, the only thing that really saves the game from complete anarchy in terms of the Derby is that even the super trainers don't know how to train horses for the derby because they all, they all, I mean, we've talked about this every single year on the lead up to the derby. And that's the horses with experience that have the bottom, the foundation have raced a lot. Um, they're the ones that, that usually do the best. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at last year. With um, charge it and Taiba. I mean, yeah. they're they're proven to be, you know, at least Taiba's been probably better of most of the the crop anyway. Um, but just didn't race enough. No, they both have one yeah. race on, on their their PPs that sticks out, and that's the Kentucky Derby. And like you said, they were very very lightly raced, and it's just that's a race you just can't get away with. And I mean, super trainers are used to racing horses at 95% because they have the best horses all the time. And it's, it's hard to train in a different manner than you usually train, right? You've been very, very, very successful doing it one way and to do it you know, differently for this race. Um, and you know, that, that's not an easy thing to do. But uh, I'm always surprised that people don't look at, I guess sometimes bat people like talk about Baffert and think, well, he just has great horses. Well, he didn't always have great horses. And he won the Derby with some horses that, that weren't uh, $800,000 pick of the litter types. And the formula is the same. It's not that much different. He, he trains them the same. He races them early. He races them often um, and trains them fast. He doesn't run 50 to one shots. Like if they don't show something in the last two preps, he doesn't run them. And yet uh, that, that lesson doesn't seem to be learned. And I think that's, it's good because it always gives us soup and sandwiches that we can just throw, you know, (laughs) toss, just completely mark them out. Um, because those are the horses that never win. And I guess one year, one of them probably will win. But as for now, the lightly raised horses, they just don't win the Kentucky Derby. So so take that as you may. I didn't make a bet in this, this future pool. You know what I was thinking? Is... I can't even remember who I bet in the second pool. I bet post time in the first pool. <laughs> So what you were saying, um, I think, uh, you know, if a horse does win like that, they're not going to be big odds either. <laughs> you know, like no, because they get really lightly they raced get horses. They're, they're going to get a lot of steam. I think if you look at the way people bet horses, people, uh, and, and now obviously we are, uh, odds are affected by the, the CAW players mm. at the big tracks. They just are. Trying to pretend like they're not is stupid. They are. They they affect the odds. But P- 
people are fascinated by the lightly raced horses and in all 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 the time i mean in all kind of ways they are fascinated by uh the horse who breaks his maiden impressively first time and will go up against winners they're always bad they're always over bad and they don't always win a lot of times they get beat mm-hmm. um not talking two-year-olds as much but because two-year-olds a other than generally are like five horse races <laughs> but um you know for for older horse three and up you will see a lot of horses that win first time out maybe they just ran against a bad field and then they run against horses who are a little bit tougher and and people will overbet them they will, they will always give the benefit of the doubt to the horse who's um who's more lightly raced than the horse who's got a couple thirds and fourths Yeah, those are kind of things that <clears throat> I, I tend to look at because, like you said, those horses are always over bet, and they usually now get pounded, you know, down to like three to five and lose. Horses go off at ridiculous odds these days. Yeah, I mean, they, seriously, like three wait. to five shots, first-time starters, and they don't always win. I mean, you just that that is something that just never used to happen. You just did not see this constant barrage of three to five shots. Of course, you know we also have a constant barrage of one trainers winning forty five percent at the fairgrounds. You got uh, the guy in California we just talked about. I don't think he's missed a board with a horse, a, a three year old dirt horse yet. So, I mean, understandably, yeah, they're wily successful beyond normal means so people bury them but you can't play those horses you have to play against them or you just don't play because you will go broke taking short odds on those kind of horses Mm -hmm. quickly (laughs) it doesn't take many you know how many you got to win to make those profitable? Plus, they, they depress the odds in, in the, the vertical and horizontal bets. It's just... Uh, just Matt, I sent you my friend's ticket, right, the other day Yeah. Uh, at Mohawk. And he, he, he wound up hitting a pick five, and it paid like 5000 for 20 cents. Um, and the key to his pick five was that he didn't use a horse who was three to five morning line who lost and that's supercharged the payoffs because every single person who probably made that made a ticket outside of my friend probably <laughs> probably had that horse. used that horse so beating that horse and the other horses there was a, like a 20 dollar horse who was a little bit of a stretch but um but beating the the, the horse who wound up going off two to five just made the, the pick. I mean, it was, and there was that the 5,000 was the chalk. Um, he finished, it was a kind of a, a close finish. One, two, three horses were about half length apart. And the, uh, the other options were 10,000 and 20,000 for pick five for 20 cents. And, and the fourth leg was a short field. 
I mean, it just goes to show you the lesson there is that beating those horses is how to win money at this business, this game. Oh, Not yeah. playing them. Not playing them. You look to beat them. And if they're just unbeatable, if, if, if it's flight line against 50 claimers, well, you know <laughs> what? Just forget about it. Walk right. away. Walk away. Just don't bother. Watch the race, you know? Bet, uh, bet, bet, bet everybody else and say, oh, shit, maybe the jock will fall off because it does happen. But, um, but no, it, it's, it's true because I think that, uh, People want to find those singles, and those are not the singles you need. <laughs> no, you. I mean, ideally, you you'd want a single that's eight to one or higher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you just sometimes just beating the favorite. It's amazing sometimes the second and third like third choice, third, uh-huh. um, Especially in Trotters, and I, I don't know why this is, and maybe it's just because it's a, the only tracks I play Trotter basically are the Meadowlands and the Mohawk. I mean, I'll dabble a little bit. Never Hoosier. Never Hoosier. Never Hoosier. <laughs> Get rid of the passing lane, Hoosier, and you're back on the menu. But until the passing lane goes, you go. Um, but no, you'd be surprised. Pompano, he was famous for that. The second choice over the third choice, and the exacto would come back. It would be like five to two over, over four to one, and Huge. the exacto would come back thirty four dollars. You know, you'd be like, "How did this pay that?" Right? But it was because everybody buried the favorite. That happens a lot at Mohawk too, where they just absolutely destroy favorite. Yeah. Yeah, that, it, wagering on horses has, has never been more difficult. It's funny because people think, well, we have all this information. Said, but the information is... Everybody has it. Exactly. <laughs> it, it just kills you. There's no secrets anymore. So you have to do is now you have to plot out the information. What is actually solid information and what is fluff. Um, a lot of the percentages are nonsense. I mean, they're just not statistically relevant. I took statistics in college and I got to admit that it was later in my college career when I, like going to class. You actually went? Was, no, it was like kind of optional. <laughs> Spent more time in the, the OTB on the other side of the border in Nogales than I did in class. But I do remember one thing about the relevance of, of sample size and how people can often be uh, totally misled by small samples and the regression to the mean you know, always kind of makes the the small sample look silly in, in hindsight. And, and racing is famous for small sample sizes and people oh, yeah. kind of going off over over that. But uh, no, it's it's hard. It's hard to figure out because like, you know, even the workout reports. I saw. All right, now I know this is Twitter, but guys complaining. About the workout report uh, Saturday, because a horse who won the first race at Gulfstream was getting C's, C's like slow works. The horses that are those slow though. He's a turf horse. He's working on the dirt. He's going half miles in fifty three on the dirt. He is a horse that was off like nine months off the claim and dropping. So obviously. Obviously, you cannot expect this 
confirmed turf horse that never raced on the dirt ever would have like these fast works. And if a horse works so, and believe me, I had plenty of turf horses. And sometimes we'd have to work them just because uh, you had to get a timed work if you were off more than X amount of days in order to race. So you'd work them because it's not, it's not always for a long time. There was no turf works at most places. And then it was stake horses were, were allowed to work on the turf. Um, but you would work a turf horse on the dirt, and, and all you wanted to do was make sure they went fast enough to get a time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted them to stretch their legs, get a little air in their lungs. You didn't want them to go fast because horses sometimes a turf horse is built a little different than a dirt horse, and you just don't want them to just struggle with the the, the ground, and you just didn't need that, right? So it, it was almost immaterial, but I saw guys like actually saying that. The clockers had had like you know it was a conspiracy of some sort because they they gave a, a horse a C minus work when they worked like glacially slow. It just is like you said it best. Everybody's looking for like a magic number or magic um, formula, and and they're just it, it doesn't exist. No, it does not. <laughs> Favorites would never lose. No, right. I don't. I mean, I'll be honest, and I have lots of friends that are clockers, but I, I don't think the workout reports are, are really worth a whole lot, at least the ones that, that I see once in a while. Because everyone gets bees. And. <laughs> I don't know how, how you can have a grading system when 95% of the horses get the same grade. I mean, really, what's the difference between a B, B minus, B plus? It's, it's all the same. No one ever gets A's. I don't know. That's the other thing I don't understand. Like, if a horse is a really good work, why not give it an A? I want to know if there has ever been A's and how many. Yeah, Seattle slew when he worked. Uh, three quarters and 109. <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts that, that they won't give an A. Like, I don't understand the grading. It's strange to me. B, 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 B. And I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, you know, the, the connections get, get mad. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> if you own a horse and, you, and the clocker doesn't like the workout, don't get mad at the clocker. Don't get mad at the trainer. Get mad at the horse. <laughs> get mad at yourself for having bought them or bred them or paying bills on them when the trainer a lot of times is saying yeah you know geez uh, maybe we look at maiden you know maiden claiming no my god we can't lose this horse blah 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 that happens way more than the opposite but it's it's one of the issues in this business that people just can't take truth if your horse works didn't have a great work because the clocker didn't think the horse had a great work like accept it wasn't it. a good work. It just yeah, worked. that's just what it is. It's not personal. Who cares? You know that that that's that's the thing is is you know we're not allowed to criticize, and everybody who criticizes. Um, I remember someone told me not too long after we started doing this show, 
you know, you guys are always talking about negative things, blah, 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 blah. You know, I can't talk about positive stuff. You know why? Because nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> True indeed. Do you want us to talk about, oh, man, I had to pick three yesterday. I had this. I had Does anyone want to hear that? No, no one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear about my bets. Unless it's like a, a brutal beat where I wanted to jump off a bridge. Yeah, like the one we had at Saratoga this year. Oh, that was brutal. The Jackie Davis incident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best about that whole thing was the best part of that story was her dad. You know, her dad won thousands of races. Her dad yeah. was a really good rider. Her dad was like Tyler Gaffleone is now. Yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. Um, and. Uh, maybe a little more accomplished at this point, actually. But either way, um, you know, her dad said, stay off the rail. And what does she do? She goes directly to the rail <laughs> and wins the race because of it. It costs us big money. Oh, man. <laughs> well, that was a that was a Saratoga special. Yeah, it was. <laughs> We got every horse in the race except one. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man, those Finger Lakes horses. That whole weekend was brutal. Every one that ran was awful. Look, look uh, I'm still broke up about the one the year before when the first race on the Sunday when the guy oh. got DQ'd. For, and he didn't have to. Like He, he was going to win. All he had to do was hold on. He just had to hit the horse one more time. They ha- they haven't been the same since. Oh God, that was that was. I remember that. That remember. sucked. Um, but uh, no, well, people are so sensitive in this freaking business, and and the truth of the matter, and we talked about this a little bit with Sid last week, is that your customers, the owners and the betters, uh, they don't respect you, <laughs> right? <laughs> Industry you people. <laughs> They're they're not stupid. This isn't 1975. We can't trick everyone because we're a monopoly. Like your players are cynical. They're cynical people. The worst thing you can do with a cynical person <laughs> is feed them bullshit. And that's what that that's what everyone wants to do. Oh, you know, we'll have bow ties and music and concerts and blah 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 blah. <sighs> Anyways, see, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real here. I don't mind that stuff, but you can't lead with that. It's okay to talk about. Listen, if you have a, a if you want to have whatever kind of promotion you want to have, great, that's great, no problem. But that doesn't mean if there's an issue, like your leading trainer gets seven drug positives, you're right. supposed to ignore that, right? But in this business, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to not talk about that. We're not not talk about issues. I mean, it doesn't make them go away. And this is, again, getting back to the conversation we had with Sid last week. One of the big issues we have in this industry is that virtually all of the media associated with it is tied to the industry in some way, shape, or form, whether it be by advertising, sponsorship, or uh, in the case of like the blood horse is directly owned by an industry organization. So that independence is, is missing. Um, 
you know, it, it's one thing that, uh, th- and that's a societal thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you have yeah. an issue uh, with coverage of politics where access is refused from uh, certain people because of uh, of reporting and, and the way, uh, you know, they don't want bad news talked about. And... And this business has really suffered from it. I mean, we had some great, great writers over the years. Some racing writers, um, I mean, before our time, uh, Red Smiths and the Joe Hirsches, and, and, and uh, I know I'm forgetting a lot of different guys, but um, right. turned, the, 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 these were like titans of the game. Uh, and and even guys like for when we grew up, Steve Crist and uh, Andy Byer in particular you know, weren't weren't afraid to 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 bring up issues that that weren't comfortable to talk about. Um, and if there was an issue, they would they would be, you know, the New York Times, um, excuse me, uh, the Daily News and Newsday and the Post all had daily chronicles of what happened at the racetrack year round. It was like Saratoga coverage, except we got it year round. So when something happened, it was reported. Um, you know, these days, I've I've heard I heard from from quite a few reporters um, about you know various industry organizations, tracks, trainers, owners that. Um, that gave them hell for, for doing their job and didn't want them to say things or wanted to, like a rebuttal of some sort as though it was a, uh, um, not a, a news story, but, but a, an opinion piece. And, and it's unfortunate because uh, in some ways the, the free press is, is, is what holds people to the line to the you know, holds those their, their hand to the fire but these days i mean we we don't even have that in um you know in the real world <laughs> so so anyways uh we got the card has been drawn for uh the pegasus oh. did you give any did you give it a, a quick glance at least yeah absolutely got any thoughts um I like uh, I think there's a lot of competitive races and no superstars which is probably better off that way it's probably better off for the um <laughs> you know for the for the field size that's for yeah. sure yeah, nobody, nobody's scaring people off. Um, it, it did look. Uh, it's interesting. Someone pointed out there, there's no turf sprints, no. at all, zero. Which uh, did they even one last year? I think they I had. Don't, I think they used to have a stake. Didn't they have a stake because yeah, Peter Miller think... cried the one day because they took it off because he got like six inches of rain and he, yeah, his little crocodile tears. That's your guy. <laughs> he trains your horse. <laughs> uh, 
What was it that uh? What was that horse's name? The one that went back to back. Is that the one that was supposed to run? I can't remember. I can't remember. It was a. It was definitely a turf sprint. It was. A yeah, sprint. it was definitely a sprint, and they took it yeah. off. Yeah. It poured that day. I mean, you couldn't run on the turf that day. They, they know they ran the, the, the Pegasus race in the grass that day. But, I mean, that was... Even that was a little, little suspect. I don't know which one was worse. I was actually talking about that with my wife the other day. Was it the all-rain one or the cold one last year? No, it was the rain one. The rain one was rainy. I mean, that was a miserable day. Yeah, but the shenanigans, the rain one was outstanding. Yeah. That was a brownie Sunday. That was, yeah, that was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting day. <laughs> <laughs> Brew's room will never be the same. No. No. No, that's true. That was. Um... Yeah, that was uh, Mike Mike uh, McCarthy's horse won um, City yeah. of Light. Yeah, City of Light won the, and then Brooks and Mortars won the the turf. Yep. It's funny the there's a horse at uh, in at Gulfstream in the Inside Information, uh, making her season debut, who. Uh, who you would think would not be a Gulfstream horse, and she'll be one of the favorites. But she's two for two at Gulfstream. That's obligatory. Mm. I mean, she's a dead one run closer. Oh, doesn't really match up. And and Gulfstream is is not usually that type of track, but but she's going to be the favorite, and I think that race. That's good. We like that. I'm sure she'll run right by whoever I bet. <laughs> so what do you think of the um the uh the Pegasus races? Pretty good races. I mean, you know, I I don't think, you know, Cyberknife is a a lock by any means, um, but it's it's going to be an interesting race. Uh, you know, I just I'm just not big on Cyberknife these days, <clears throat> and especially in this race, I don't I don't think it really sets up well. Well, he hasn't won since July. Right, that's the other thing is he doesn't really win. He's going to be wide. I mean, it just looks almost impossible for it not to be wide at some point in this race. You know, it's, it's a good race. I mean, yeah, it is a competitive race. Not a, it's not a great one. Right. There are no hall of fame horses in this race. Um, not even like not even close, close, but it, it is a competitive race. And I think there's a lot of horses that can, that could win with the right, uh, the right kind of trip. I was very, very surprised to see Biden put Biden in there. <laughs> that's the park source, right? Uh, that's the park source. That was my lock of the day on Parks Day. They pocoed, pocoed him. Um, <laughs> but I, I was, I was very surprised to see him uh, show up in this race. I, I don't know. 
I don't know about uh, about him. He's also Paco. Paco is not riding him. He he went to uh, simplification. I mean, Proxy is okay. He won the Clark, um, and it was not a good edition of the Clark. He kind of alternated on the lead. It wasn't much pace, and uh, he just kind of grinded it out. But um, I, I I don't know. I just uh, I just have a hard time coming up with a winner. But you know, it's probably going to happen. Baffert's probably going to go to the lead, and it'll be it. Right. I was going to say the mucho gusto. From the funded goes to the front, and, and you know that's over. Everybody's chasing. I mean that that definitely could work out that way. I mean, you look at the other potential speed horses, um, and you know Art Collector, but Art Collector is not super fast. He's a speed horse, but he's a a two turn mile and an eighth and further speed horse. Yes. So he isn't exactly gonna, you know, pop out of there and and, and um, I mean I think the funded is is a little bit faster. I, I think we'd have to probably get uh, our man the Time Lord to give us the <laughs> the, the official time uh, pace statistics, but the uh, funded has a one twenty early time form pace number, and our collector has a one oh nine. So that's a pretty significant gap uh that's that's the thing with riding with biden he's really kind of a he's kind of a slow race speed horse you know yep it's kind of a weird thing to say but i mean i I would not be shocked to see defunded yeah i mean why are the i don't know that that race can go a lot of different ways because if defunded decides not to show up it could be anybody yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of different ways you can go in there. I was surprised to see get her number in there. I got listen, it's a three million dollar race. And I mean if you're gonna take a shot well, that's what yeah, that's what should happen. You know? If you're gonna take a shot, this is the three million dollar race to take a shot in, but he never really struck me as a horse that wanted to go on my own knees. Mm, last samurai. Who uh Last Samurai with Lucas and Dottori, that would be I think they'd have to fix Story it. book. They'd have to set the race up for him to win. Kinda excited about that seeing Frankie on Saturday. I know last time I slandered him, I, I slandered him right into the winner's circle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it worked in the Breeders' Cup. Tossing him was was worked. Um, I thought the the um the turf race, the Pegasus turf was exceptionally weak. Exceptionally weak. Um, I guess Ivar will probably be the favorite. <laughs> and finish second again or third. Ivar hasn't won a graded race since October of 2020. He runs good all the time. He never doesn't it's, run it, good. He runs great, but he doesn't. never doesn't run good. But he doesn't win. It's 
kind of like the Cowboys, right? <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah, it it, um, it, it just doesn't look like, I mean, it, it's just a bunch of grade two courses. I think, uh, I think Sid Tours. Yeah, she writes a shot. Lady Spite Spear. Mm-hmm. She's gonna get it. She's gonna get the ride of a lifetime. I know that. Yeah. I mean, if an Italian or Tuesday were in this race, they would be the favorite easily. Even though they're Phillies, but she does get weight. I mean, getting five pounds does not hurt at all. Um, at that, uh, at the mile and an eighth. But I mean, I, I think she's got a big chance of winning. Uh, you know, who ran really good last time was, um, and he lost. He he didn't win, and uh, was wit. I thought oh, wit ran yeah. good last time, but I mean, he'll probably be over a bit. Yeah, connections. Yeah. Uh, I thought the um, uh, the. The Pegasus Philly Mare Turf is, is a very, really good race. Yeah, it's a it's a nice race. I, a, I don't even I can't even really come up with a strong opinion in that race. No, it's a tough race. They're all really, really evenly matched. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a super race. I mean, it's a good betting race. Um, that horse of Chad Brown's uh, Shanna Star. She she looked. Uh, like a three-year-old, like she was going to be a star horse. And then last year, she only ran twice. Twice, yeah. Um, Fizzled out. <laughs> yeah, she got vanned off after the Jenny Wiley early in the spring. And she came back in, in a, a non-graded race on the, on the, on the, on the uh, can't talk, on the undercard of the Breeders' Cup and, and showed nothing. I mean, she didn't show anything that day. Uh, I was, I'm actually kind of surprised that she's she's back. I mean, she is a grade one winner. So it's, uh, I, I wonder if this is going to be the swan song, maybe runner in here. And, and, uh, and this is a grade three race. It is half a million dollars, which isn't nothing. But uh, I, I was very surprised to see her in here. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to keep her in training or not, but she's five. And I mean, on her best, she should beat these, but yep, we yep. haven't seen her best for uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll be about 15 months. <laughs> but, um, no, I thought it was a good card, and, and as long as it's not 400 degrees below zero or it doesn't rain, yeah, it's supposed to be nice, it should be all right. Uh, I thought the, the Fred Hooper was a good race, yeah, it's another good one. Yeah, it's 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 solid. Uh, Miles D will probably be chalk off the layoff, showing lines. Uh, we could bet against the that one easily. Olympiad, yeah, oh yeah, we'll definitely bet against that. <laughs> um, no, it's it's uh it's a nice card. I I'll give him give him props for it. He'll pay. It'll be uh it'll be synthetic heaven for about a month afterwards since all the good horses are racing on this day. <laughs> oh, I see our boys showed up there too with uh 
I think the Tory's riding. Wolfie. Yeah. On the synth again. Yeah. Back to the back to the fake track. The last time it worked out good. Got a good ride though. Ray Lou. Yeah. Put the excellent ride on that horse that day. Yeah. Twenty to one. Probably not going to get twenty to one again. No, we should be a decent price. That that's a tough race too. I mean, a tough race. <laughs> you look through it and it's like, man, you got horses. It's always interesting when you have a race where not a single horse came out of the same race. Um, that's one of those races. I think. I don't think. Uh, oh, two. Oh, what's it? The King Cause and. Uh, Carpenter's Call both came out of the Fort Lauderdale, but uh, Tango, 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 but not a man any good in it. <laughs> they ran like ninth, tenth, and eleventh, or so. Uh, the Southwest is um, Saturday at uh, Oaklawn. I think they drew. Did they draw that race today? They draw Probably. on strange days now. Probably. Because, uh, you know, everything is, is a week out, and uh, which I kind of like. Yeah, I don't mind it. I'm not, I'm not going to complain. Uh, I just sometimes forget. <laughs> yeah, Saturday is, uh, is drawn. Um, the Martha Washington, which, which got six. That's Saturday. Um, the King Cotton. Eight. Isn't uh, Julia Shining running in Tampa? Gunite is uh, is running. Gunite. Gunite running in the King Cotton. You know, if he if Steve Asmussen, I understand why he did it. But if you ran Gunite in the sprint last year, I think he would have won the Breeders' Cup sprint. Yeah, he'd have been sitting in perfect position behind he's, two. He was in really good form too at the yeah. time. And I, I get you had a four to five favorite in the race, and if the horse wins, I made a case that if Jackie's Warrior won the Breeders' Cup Sprint, he he probably gets in the Hall of He would be back-to-back sprint champion. He would have a Breeders' Cup win and, a, and all those other wins, and he wouldn't get in early. I mean, it would be. No, he'd eventually get but in. He but he probably would again eventually get in, and, and because he didn't, he won't. And, and I was thinking about life is good in that same fashion. Yeah, he just because life is good. Really, never won anything. Nope. I mean, won big races, obviously, but he never won any any titles. He he wasn't uh, champion three year old. He wasn't champion older horse. Um, so it, it makes you know makes you wonder. Um, these days, obviously, the credentials for a Hall of Fame horse are much less than it used to be. I mean, if we if we held like Sid said last week about carrying weight, if we held all all the the old standards up to our modern day horses, none of them would make it in all things. <laughs> you know, did he carry weight? No. Did he race against older? No. You know, it's it's um, you know what what did he really do? Well, he won you know eight races lifetime. Some great horse of the past. They won eight horses, eight races one in a year. week. <laughs> you know. Anyways, going back to the Southwest, uh, it's got nine. Red Cox has got three. Hmm. Baffert ships Arabian Night in. 
Yes. Um, Jace's Road and Corona Bolt. I like Jace. Who both won easy, both stakes easy last time uh, for Brad Cox. Gets post two and three. Um, Western Ghent, who's in there. I have no idea why. <laughs> uh, McPeak's got a couple in there. Um, Sun Thunder and Frosted Departure. Uh, but Arabian Night shows up for his his uh, season debut. Um, he also cannot earn any points, but at mm-hmm. this point, it's it's not enough points where it makes much difference, anyways. Uh, Asmus has got Red Root one in, who's a dead closer. Brad Cox also has Hit Show, who who won a uh, an allowance race, uh, impressively. Um, and El Tomato. It's actually horse El Tomate, but <laughs> Same he is time. he is now known as El Tomato. So Oakland's got a pretty good card. Uh, big fields all day. Um, a couple maiden races, allowance races. Uh, look, looks like a good card. Uh, that's where Pratt shows up and uh, Johnny Velasquez. Uh, they're riding at, uh, at Oakland's. Uh, Manny Franco shows up to ride to Southwest. A rare, a rare trip out of uh, out of uh, New York for Manny Franco. But uh, no, it looks like two really good cards Saturday. And Oakland always closes with the Arkansas Bread Maidens. <laughs> the free for all. $90,000 purse. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's crazy. It's nuts. It's, it's, but it's, hey, listen, you want an Archie Brett? God bless you. That's, that's Moquette. That's Moquette. Uh, actually, they, they start to cart off with an Archie Brett. Same thing. Yeah, they, uh, they started off and they, yeah, put the vision. <laughs> There's 14 in the bottom race. Uh, 28 horses entered Arkansas Bread Maidens. That's why they like to run those races. Yes, indeed. But it's a good card, and, and there are um, – Arkansas is one of the few places, Oakland, that you get two-turn races that, that fill um, on the dirt. Yeah. Usually big fields. Yeah. Yeah, they have a maiden race for three-year-olds going a mile and a 16th. It's got 10. They have a Phillies and the Mares um, allowance race going a mile. It's got nine. And they have um, another allowance race for for uh, four and up. Hey, other than that's got 12. So... I like those races. Yeah, I have I have a tough time at Oakland for some reason. Yeah, Oakland's you know it's a little different. Tough, tough for me to get a handle on the track and how it plays. I mean, there's a lot of guys there that that I don't follow the circuits that they're on. Yes. the rest of the year. Yeah, so you're you're flying a little bit blind with them, but um. But no, people have people like it, and they like big fields, and they certainly 
their trajectory of Oakland's signal has has gone up. Oh yeah, big time. So, anyways, what else? Anything else going on in uh, the world of racing or the world of uh, the sniper? No, you know, um, just waiting for the uh, for the Pegasus on Saturday. You know, I think everybody is just to see how this goes, but um, at least the weather's supposed to cooperate. And the field sizes are good. I, I think it's a, a, a decent card. I don't like the fact that they're not putting in the mandatory payout pick six. Yeah, I wonder why. Because they move it to Sunday to get Action. Oh, to get action on Sunday. But yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, we had a snowstorm last night. Mm. Well, we we might as well had one here. It was sixty-two. Yeah, Saratoga got eight inches of snow. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe I did that at one point. Like I hey. call that. I I don't. I can't wrap my head around it anymore. I discovered that going to the grocery store when it's snowing is like the best thing. Yeah, everybody's inside. There's nobody there. No lines. You walk around. <laughs> nobody bumping into you. No old ladies not paying attention and smashing with a cart. And, and and the people, you know, that do the checkout, they're they're so they're so bored that they run right up and you know, like three people doing the bagging. But the, <laughs> So they get you for a nickel a bag here. Oh, dang. Yeah. Welcome to New York. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, trying to, trying to look at the optimistic side of the snow. Yeah, that's not optimistic. Enough. This is the first, this is the first <laughs> Pegasus that I've missed. I know. I've, uh... You know what I don't miss? <laughs> I don't miss... 18 people calling me. Hey, can you get me Pegasus tickets? No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Could I? all yes. they have to do is listen to our stories about the Batman and Robin thing. It's more fun to sneak in. Right. <laughs> we did that twice. <laughs> Mr. And Gordo, you look a little pale today. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they can't keep us out. They cannot keep us out of a racetrack. We will get in. Yeah. But, uh... It, it isn't cheap to go. No, man. And they, they did away with the free tickets. Last year, they were free. General admission. It's 125 bucks, man. Oof, it's brutal. <laughs> I remember the year the the COVID year. <laughs> yeah, there was nobody in there. Yeah, and they're like, "Gotta put your mask on." Yeah, the 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 the, the mask police. And then last year the get back crew was yeah. to get back off the line. <laughs> yeah, step back. We're just trying to get some sun. I'm get kidding. We're trying to keep from freezing. Oh, that was the worst. Freaking frostbite. You can't stand over that line. <laughs> Those people paid tickets. So, oh. 
and you know you understand that these are just temporary people that are there doing what they're told to. Yeah, no. But can't um, go get, on somebody like that. It, it does. It does get a little annoying sometimes when they start aggravating. It's like this is the racetrack. Leave us alone. Once we're inside, we're supposed to be left alone. You're not supposed to torture people. There's enough of that at the windows. Yeah. Yep, that's for sure. I'm digging the Meadowlands Sunday afternoon card. The afternoon card, yeah. I always like it better when I win. <laughs> I'm always more in favor of it. You know, I'm really in favor of this. And the next week I'll do... Time for uh, pass. I won't catch a ticket. Then I'll be like, get rid of these things. I was I was actually surprised that the the times were really fast. Yeah, the one race was nuts. One forty eight. You should get two. that summertime. You know, one forty eight and two in January is like unthinkable. But these days with trotters, the times it just it's like it doesn't even. I mean, it it, it it's like. <laughs> It doesn't even impress you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's 140. Oh, yeah, Bulldog Arrow on a 45. <laughs> but it was, it was all right, you know. It was something to do before the football games. Oh, yeah. Good move. Can't say that I didn't enjoy seeing Buffalo get wiped out. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Bill. Sorry, Bill's fans. Amber's a built man. I know the mayor's kid, Nick Nick Spears. He's Nick. He was at the game, freezing. He probably won't eat for like four days now. <laughs> His father's a cowboy fan, so oh, so I, both I, I cheered him up by sending him some memes to send to his dad. Who's who's like you know the typical cowboy fan who's just beaten down now, like <laughs> being a Knicks fan. Yeah. Same thing. You just you just expect everything to go to shit because that's how it always goes. <laughs> Unfortunately, the dolphins aren't that much different either. Hey, hey. It's frustrating. Oh. It is frustrating. It was nice to see the Arizona beat the, the, the Los Angeles schools. They did. Yeah. Though they do you know, they in sports, they make rule changes. This is this is like a pet peeve, and that sometimes they try to make rule changes to. They go a little too far, or they don't go far enough. Like in the Arizona game, they were up like eight or nine, and oh, UCLA is pressing all over the place, and they they come up with a couple steals, and they add it down to like six. Um, Arizona gets the ball on the break, and. The first guy goes up, and um, the guy blocks it. Well, the trailer grabs the ball for Arizona, and he goes up. And a, a different guy for UCLA blocks the shot, but they call goaltending. Uh, now, boy. when he blocked the shot, he fouled the guy. <laughs> I mean, it should have been a, a, a basket and one, because he un. It unquestionably fouled the guy. It wasn't even, you know, there's sometimes there's plays that are like just close a, oh, calls. Okay. And this was, I mean, he hacked the guy. <laughs> he landed on him. 
If it was football, he would have got roughing the pass. <laughs> you know, roughing the shooter. Well, they decide they have to because they can um, review goaltends. They review the goaltend and they decide it wasn't a goaltend, which it wasn't. It was, that was the correct call. But UCLA gets the ball back. Oh. Because they can't call a foul. Right. Even though they see there's a, a blatant foul. Um, so the rule cool. is, Bad. okay, we, we reviewed it, but we didn't actually get it right. We, we, we fixed the, the missed call, but we didn't fix the, the non-call. Right. And there's so many things in these replay rules in basketball and football that, that it's just, uh, even, even baseball has it now. Where there should be some sort of discretion in the last two minutes of the game, or so, because you couldn't have the whole game. But where if a another foul or another missed call is is shown on the replay, reviewing something else, then that's able to be overturned too. Because right. it isn't the goal to get it right. I'm not saying just because of Arizona, but. The point is, if you're going to review things, then, then get the call right. Get everything right. right. Everything right. Yeah. You know, and that's that's you know, it's a it's a petty pet peeve. And it didn't matter because they won anyways, but uh but in racing we, we can't even get the we can't even get them to review the calls. <laughs> or the right ones. I can't remember any egregious bad stewards decisions this week. No, not not for a couple of weeks, but probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, there'll be one soon. There Peg- always is. Pegasus Day. <laughs> the Pegasus. <laughs> yeah, that'll probably be the race too, right? <laughs> Um, all right, well, I guess uh, we're done here. Yeah. Shout out to the Time Lord. OKC, you're on a roll. Right? Oh, yeah, the Magic, they were up on Boston when we started taping this. I saw that. Bobo doing his thing. Yeah, all right, they don't give him the ball enough, man. No, nah, he's not. He. <laughs> he's got to work on his game a little bit before they do that. They're a losing team. They can work on the game during the game. Mm, kind of, but they got guys that are better than him offensively. Then he should be traded to the Knicks. Knicks could use him. But Tibbs would play him. <laughs> He'd be Magic the Magic won. They held they they wound they up did. winning easy by fifteen. Oh, they they extended. They were up twenty then. Yeah, they, they got close. Yeah, then they went down, I think, four or five, and then came back and kind of held sway. How about Jonathan Isaac, man? First came back in two and a half years. About time. You guys had some kind of journey, man. Oof. Brutal. Two and a half years. He's a good player, and it's funny because they're a team that's got a bad record. I mean, they're 18 and 29, but they almost have too many guys now. 
Right. They, I mean, they play well. Play, you can only play five guys at a time. And it's going to be hard getting everybody enough time. Well, they, they should start Cole Anthony. He's very good. I mean, Obama doesn't even play now. No, because Wendell's better. I don't know why they don't trade Terrence Ross. Because he's older. But they could just. But they're not going to play him. He'd end up on the Lakers. Who do the Lakers have? No, the Lakers. The Lakers traded for for the, our guy Alan Titus. That's his guy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's his man. I he doesn't. Know. He he doesn't want to hear it. But the guy is just a, you know he's ordinary. He doesn't have any foot speed. He's just too slow. He's hurt a lot too. He, yeah, he is hurt a lot, but he just doesn't. He can't guard anybody. You have to be able to guard someone. If you're gonna play in, in in you know down the stretch, you got to be able to guard somebody. You can't guard anyone. That guy. Dan, the Bucks scored 150. <laughs> <laughs> <There's nobody. laughs> I guess the Pistons didn't do any guarding tonight. Nah, Bogdanovich packs it in on D, man. Everybody packed it on D. The the Bucks shot forty four percent from from threes. They had twenty three three pointers. How many holiday have? Um, holiday didn't play. No, no, he didn't, didn't play six sixteen. Huh. Uh, Middleton played though. He's, he's back. Minutes restriction, but but Detroit's not really trying that hard. So. No, they're definitely not. The Timberwolves, our our guy's gonna, uh, our Minnesota guy's gonna gonna. He said he sent me a picture the other day of uh, of uh, the Rockets plane. Yeah, he was stalking the Rockets plane at the airport. (laughs) And I told him I was like, "Yeah, they're they're gonna whoop the T Wolves ass." They did. They're they're beating them. (laughs) (laughs) The that's funny. They're, yeah, they're gonna win. They're up. They're up nine with uh, thirty seconds to go. Minnesota sports fans, man, they they don't have it easy. They're tortured too, man. I mean, the T Wolves basically have never been good enough to even make to the finals. I don't know. They, they well, made. It, they made it, I think they made it to the conference finals. Conference once. finals when, when Garnett was there, with Spreewell. Right, one time. Yeah, and then so, they imploded. The Vikings. Vikings have done a lot of losing, and uh, they they ruined themselves with that Herschel Walker trade. They no no uh, no Super Bowls, and the Twins. I mean, it's been a while since the Twins were relevant. Yeah, Kirby Puckett was still alive. Yeah, that was that was really like the last time. Kent Herbeck, Herbeck, we used to hit into the baggie. That was one of the great performances of all time. Was Jack Morris in the uh, in the World Series Game Seven, ten innings? Yeah, he was nasty. That was that was that was something you won't see anymore. Well, it's been real, and uh, yeah. next week we're gonna have to get a report. Oh yeah, we're gonna have a full report. A report from See the Pegasus. Any, any, any police show up? Any punches thrown? Stuff like that. I, I'll have all the scoop. 
Yeah, yeah. We, we, we're going to need a full reporting of the day. and, and the Maybe a viral video. <laughs> Another one. Yeah. Another one. That, that, that popped up today on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I saw the memory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonder how that guy is. <laughs> I know. I was, it'd be crazy if we see him <laughs> in the there same spot, too. Uh, that that was how many views does that video have now? Oh, I don't know. It's a lot. It's in the millions, right? Oh yeah, it was in the millions like pretty much the day after. I was standing right next to you when you were videoing the guy and I was like, What's the very the hell's very video? <laughs> I wasn't even sure what you were what you were doing. And I, I saw the guy stumble and I'm like, Oh that was Oh, he's gonna fall. That was perfect, man. He just kinda plopped right into that chair. That was great. <laughs> Jeff Ruby's still mad at me over that one. Oh, he'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk next week. All thanks, right. Thanks, everybody.